When God through Christ saved us, He saved us to serve. Followers of Christ are to serve God, and we are to serve one another. In order to serve one another, each believer has been gifted. We explore our giftedness today on drawing near. So open your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, as we learn about our giftedness in Christ. Before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father in heaven, we thank you for saving us. We thank you for not only saving us and securing us for eternal life, but we thank you for working in our lives to make us more like Jesus. We thank you for our sanctification. We also thank you, Father, that we have a purpose within the body of Christ, to not only serve you, but to serve one another. And you have equipped us with special tools so that we might serve. So help us, Father, today to understand in the context of Ephesians chapter 4, what our giftedness really means. Guide us and direct us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 7, we read, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean, but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. In the next several studies, we're going to be looking at the body of believers and how that body of believers is supposed to work together to grow into the likeness of Christ. We begin today with these verses talking about the giftedness of the believer. Mixed with this teaching concerning the giftedness of the believer is a prophecy from the Old Testament that referred to Christ as the one who ascended on high and gave gifts to men. We will be dealing with both of these thoughts in today's Bible study. So we'll begin in verse 7, and in verse 7 it says this, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, I think it's important that we recognize in the context of Ephesians, Paul is talking about Jewish believers and Gentile believers, but he's also talking about individual believers, whether Jew or Gentile. He says, to each one of us, grace was given. Now, we know that that grace was given in the form of the gospel that resulted in our forgiveness of sin and our salvation and security in Christ. But he's referring here to giftedness. To each one of us, grace was given. We have received the gift from Christ. Each one of us has either a unique gift or a giftedness, a, a gift pattern, a series of things that come together to make us the gift to the church. There are those within the body of Christ who believe that each individual believer gets one singular gift. There are also those within the body of Christ who believe we get a plurality of gifts. Maybe one gift is dominant, but other gifts are supportive. It would be the idea of an apostle may have the gift of prophecy, 
but not teaching or leadership or hospitality. That just doesn't seem to make sense. I view giftedness in the body of Christ as we have a dominant gift or gifts that are supported by other gifts. It's like a fingerprint. Our giftedness is unique to us and enables us to bring to the body of believers what no one else can, our gifted fingerprint, our giftedness that is unique to us. It makes us useful within the body of believers. Many people say, well, I don't know why I need to go to church. Others will say, I don't need to go to church. I can worship apart from church. Well, the truth is, you need the church, the body of believers, and the body of believers needs you. Each one of us is gifted. And if we were to look in 1 Corinthians, we learn that that giftedness is not for ourselves, but that giftedness is to be used in the lives of other people. My giftedness makes me useful in other believers' lives. That is to be utilized within the body of Christ, the church. The second thing we see about giftedness is it's an act of grace. We do not earn our giftedness. We do not deserve our giftedness. We should not have any pride over our particular giftedness. It comes from God. It's an act of grace. It's unmerited. So each one of us has received this this grace, and it was given to us. It's a gift. So this is a gift to us, which enables us to be God's gift to the body. So this grace was given to us, and then it says, and this is critical, according to the measure of Christ's gift. It is Christ who is sovereign over the giving of gifts. Christ determines what you receive and what I receive. It's an act of grace. It's not something that we've earned, so we can't take any special pride in it. But it is Jesus who decides how each one of us will be useful to the body of believers. So it is Christ's gift, and he is the one who gives it according to the measure of his work in our lives. So we're each one gifted. And then it breaks off in this passage and talks parenthetically about a prophecy. This prophecy is from Psalms. And so Paul says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. The point of that verse is, and gave gifts to men. He's explaining that this prophecy is pointing to Christ as the giver of gifts. But in a parenthetical way, in the following verse, verse 9, he says, Now this he ascended, what does it mean? And then he explains. It means that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. And that makes sense, does it not? Before Christ could ascend into heaven after his resurrection, he had to first descend into some place. That is the idea of he condescended. He came down to us. In Philippians chapter 2, he considered equality with God something not to be grasped or clung to, but rather he humbled himself and became a man. He descended. Now, there's a lot of questions about this idea of descending, and I'm certain many of you are more concerned about the question about descending. Where did he ascend? What did he do? 
than you are right now about Christ's gift to us. And so let me try to explain the various thoughts concerning this. Where did he descend? When it says he descended into the lower parts of the earth, are the lower parts of the earth the earth? Because that's what the New English translation says. The New English translation says, except that he also descended to the lower regions, namely the earth. There are those who take this lower parts of the earth, and they think it means that he descended into hell, the place of torment. The Bible doesn't teach anything close to that, and the grammar of this text in the original language doesn't seem to support that either. A third interpretation, the first being he descended to the earth as a man, the second he descended into hell to lead the captives free, the third interpretation, and the one I honestly hold to, is that he descended into Hades. He descended into the realm of the dead, and from there, he led those who were in holding there free. He set them free. Now, the grammar supports this as a possibility, and the Scripture certainly doesn't contradict it. Either way, what Paul is saying here is his ascending into heaven first required his descending from heaven. And when he descended from heaven, we know he came to the earth. He was born of a virgin. He became a man. He was sinless. He died on the cross. He was buried. And there we know that he descended at least into the grave or into that element of the dead. And then he resurrected and ascended into heaven. We know that he descended to the earth. We know that he died, so he descended into the grave. Did he go further? Did he go into Hades, the realm of the dead, and lead captives free? Did he go into hell and lead captives free? We're not given a clear answer to that, and this text certainly doesn't tell us anything more. In all likelihood, it either means that he descended to the earth, or he descended to the earth, and then in his saving work after his crucifixion, he descended into Hades, the realm of the dead, and led captives free. So we have this circle. He ascended means that he descended. And then Paul tells us in verse 10, the one who descended, who came down to us, is also the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Later on in chapter 4, we're going to see Christ as the head of the church. And so over and over again in this letter to the Ephesian saints, Paul points to the power and the position of Christ. He is the head of the church. He gives gifts to us so that we might function and participate and be valuable to the church. And so in this brief introduction to how we are all to work together as the body of believers to grow into maturity in Christ, we see the following as a summary. Each one of us is gifted. Our giftedness is by grace. It is given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the one who determines what kind of gifting we have. He determines our place in the body. It is the Lord Jesus who ascended after his death, burial, and resurrection. Prior to that, he descended. When he came, his desire was to set captives free, 
those who were captive to sin. And now that we have been set free in Christ through faith in Jesus, we have been gifted to serve, to serve God and to serve one another. I think it's appropriate to ask the question, are we using our giftedness from Christ to serve the body of Christ? Are we fulfilling Christ's purpose for us within the body? Father in heaven, I ask that you would help us to discern these things, to understand what giftedness means. We'll go into that a little later in another study. But Father, we pray that you would touch our lives, that you would move in our hearts so that we might desire to serve one another, that we might care enough that we would be useful in one another's lives. Help us not to believe the lie of Satan. That lie is a lie that says we have no value in the body. We aren't necessary in the body or no one really needs us. We have nothing to bring. That's not true at all. So, Father, help protect us from that lie. And I pray, Father, that you would guide us into understanding of the following verses so that we might appreciate what your will is regarding the church and our place in it. Work in our hearts and lives. Guide and direct us into all truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.